stadium status. Uh. My big brother was Big's brother. Used to be Dame and Big's brother. Who was hip hop brother? Who was no ID friend? No ID my mentor. And I let the story begin. It's the hard knock life tour. Sell out picture us in the mall. Copping iceberg and yell out chicka. Yeah, that's a weird yell out. Yell out. You know the name, do I gotta spell out or tell about J A Y? Yeah, so shy, man, he won't even step to his idol to say hi. Sending me like a mime and let the chance pass by. Back of my mind, he could change your life. With all these beats I did, at least let him hear. At least you could brag to your friends back at the gig. But he got me out my mama crib. Then he helped me get my mama a crib. Big brother was big brother. Used to be Jane and Big's brother. Who was hip hop brother? Who was no ID friend? No ID my mentor. Now let the story begin. Begin. Let the story begin. If you feel the way I feel, won't you wave your hands? Oh, yeah. We back with another one. It's your boy King Known Uncensored. Wow. The war in Oakland is what I'm going to call this one. And y'all niggas know why. But we're going to save the main event for last. LeBron James has returned. I mean... I have mixed feelings about LeBron returning because I don't know, man. It just seems like every year LeBron says some dumbass bullshit. He's talking about he had the quickest recovery from a torn tendon. That's what allegedly he was diagnosed with. And they said he had the quickest recovery of anybody and then he went to the LeBron James doctor of feet. I don't understand. Where's the Jordan recovery of feet? Where's the Jordan doctor of feet? Where's the Kareem doctor of feet? A lot of people think that he was never hurt to begin with in the first place. I had always stuck to my guns on this that I felt like LeBron had a foot problem that he needed to get some surgery on so that he could come back and be 100% healed. I still believe that he needs to get whatever the fuck was wrong with him fixed for real before his career ends on some fucked up bullshit. Don't want him to go out injured. Not at all. But my thoughts on that is... What's the fastest way to heal from an injury? Performance-enhancing drugs. Like, that's how you heal fast from particular injuries. It's steroids. I mean, I ain't insinuating. I'm going to just let y'all do the math and figure out the puzzle that we have put together here on this one. I've been, I've also said that LeBron is on steroids. 
It's a fact. LeBron wasn't really supposed to return until the last three games of the season. But now he's back. And, you know, the game that he played in, you guessed it, the Lakers lost, as I thought. Because reworking a guy like LeBron back into the lineup that needs the ball, I mean, he, I mean, up until that injury, he's had a great season, you know, 29 a game, eight rebounds, seven assists. That's pretty solid for an old man. I mean, props have to be given for the individual season that he's had. Um, He returned against the Chicago Bulls. Now, this was a very interesting game, you know, March 26th, right? As the Lakers ended up losing to the Bulls, 118 to 108. Both teams are fighting for a playoff spot. Chicago, you know, after, um, yeah, yeah, Chicago seems to have a decent lead for the 10th spot in the uh, play-in for the playoffs. And the Lakers currently own the ninth spot in the play-in. So they had to, you know, they had something to play for. And Patrick Beverly, you know, once he signed with the Chicago Bulls, proclaimed that his number one thing to do was to not only get the Bulls into the playoffs, but to knock off his former team, the Los Angeles Lakers, who who in which he felt that utilized him incorrectly and was unable to get into a rhythm. The Lakers didn't get into rhythm until they made the trade. But they ended up beating the Los Angeles Lakers 118 to 108, and Patrick Beverly showed the fuck out. Now, Pat Bev only had what, 10 points? But him faking out LeBron and making the little hook shot over him and then pointing, <laughs> he pointed to the ground like he was short. Oh, he was looking at me like I was short. And I said, What's a move? <laughs> Patrick Beverly is fucking hilarious, bro. Flat out. Like, he is funny. But LeBron in his return um, had... He came off the bench, by the way. He didn't even start. He came off the bench for the first time in years. Um, He scored 19 points on 6 of 11 shooting. Pretty solid numbers when you think about it. But, you know, you didn't get the win. You knocked yourself back. Lucky for Los Angeles, though. The Thunder lost tonight. The Pelicans lost tonight. And the Blazers are pretty much uh, eliminated, basically. Because the uh, Portland Trailblazers have decided to shut down Damian Lillard for the season. And my thoughts on this is, yes, please shut down Dame. He has literally nothing to play for, and we wouldn't want him getting injured in a game that doesn't mean anything. 
it's best to shut him down and regroup because the Portland GM, whoever was the Portland GM now or before, he has done a piss poor job of putting a championship caliber team around Dane. And it was a reason, you know what I'm saying, why, um, you know, I never let that instrumental play. That whores in this house drowning out my voice and shit. No disrespect. But my thing is, the GM has done a piss poor job in putting championship caliber talent around Damian Lillard. I would give Portland one more year if I was Dane to do what Rob Palinka did at the trade deadline during the offseason. If he doesn't, if I don't see results next year, then I would tell Dame to book it. I know he doesn't want to leave. I know he's loyal to his squad. But at the same time, sometimes you got to do what's best for yourself and put yourself in a winning situation with winning winning coaching and winning parts around him. No disrespect to Chauncey. Chauncey has done his best job with this group of people. This group just ain't it, though. It ain't it. Unrelated to sports and music talk, right? Yo, it's a funny story going around Michigan. Like, all a whole bunch of Burger Kings are fucking closing. I'm not even going to put this as an excerpt. I just wanted to talk shit about this because I feel like Burger King should have been closed for like 15 years. You know what I mean? They should have closed 15 years ago. They Burger King used to be good in the 90s. Y'all didn't grow up in the 90s. A lot of y'all listening are 2000s babies. Or was born in 1999. Like Burger King used to be good. The Whopper used to be good. The chicken tenders used to be good. The chicken sandwich used to be good. The fries have been the, the only thing that stayed the same. And the shakes. The shakes got better. But the burgers and the quality and the service, awful. And I'm glad that they're all closing. Just wanted to put that out there. All right, let's move on, man. Um, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is allegedly under investigation for battery after he was involved in a confrontation with some hecklers following a game last week. Beal allegedly knocked a fan's hat off after a fan yelled, you fuck me out of 1,300, you fuck. That was the actual quote. Beal believed the comment was disrespectful and told the fan, keep it a buck. I don't give a fuck about none of your bets or your parlays, bro. That ain't why I played the game. My thoughts on this is, Bradley Beal, I mean, if you're in the betting community like me, he is a bet to avoid because Bradley Beal is inconsistent. And, you know, he got paid a a bag that was way too big. Now, however, I'm all about a black man getting rich in this world. But Bradley Beal to the betting community is known as a hazard. 
And that fan needs his ass whooped for even considering betting on Bradley Beal in the first place. Because you know Bradley Beal is a bad is bad business for betting. Now, heckling can go either one way or the other. You can heckle and successfully get under a player's skin and he and he not do nothing to you, or you can heckle a fan, I mean, heckle a player, and that player does something to you. Bradley Beal ain't no punk. He is not no whole-ass nigga. You're not just going to talk to Bradley Beal any kind of way. And... To be honest, I understand that I am a part of the bet, a part of the uh, fan duel betting community, right? I'm not only a client; I'm the fucking president, right? Players should not give a fuck about parlays, bro. They should. I don't think Bradley Beal overreacted. And they're going to call knocking a fan's hat off battery. Battery? Those charges should be thrown out instantly. Bradley Beal didn't hit this man. He didn't physically grapple with this nigga. He didn't do nothing but knock a fan's hat off. That's so stupid. That investigation should die down because these fans think that they could just get tough with the players and have no repercussions or consequences to their actions. Because, yeah, you think you're safe in the audience heckling a player until that player is in your face. Then what you gonna gonna do about it? Probably not a motherfucking thing, but back down. Zion Williamson, from what I heard from the streets, is back at practice and is able to participate in activities with the team. Um, And as of after tonight's game... This shows that they needed Zion Williamson, man, tonight, boy. Because he's definitely missed. Like, he, when Zion was playing, he was an MVP candidate. So, hopefully, Zion can get back before the season ends so that they can reincorporate him back into the lineup so that the Pelicans can go on a deep playoff run. Top Dog. Now, if you're unfamiliar about who Top Dog is, he is uh, Anthony Top Dog Tiffith. He is the uh, CEO of Top Dog Entertainment that is distributed by Interscope, who houses acts such as SZA, Schoolboy Q, J-Rock, Absol, formerly Kendrick Lamar. And... Um, He was on Twitter, and he hinted at a few things. He is trying to get Black Hippie 
to do an EP or an album because from a technical standpoint, Black Hippie as a group owes TDE a project. And if you're unfamiliar about who Black Hippie is, that is a group comprised of J-Rock, Schoolboy Q, Absol, and Kendrick Lamar, who was together throughout the rise of TDE through the uh, late 2000s, the, throughout uh, until now, basically. And when they collab and cameo on records, it's nothing short of amazing. I mean, if you look at records such as Say What's Up, Rolling Stone, Vice City, You and You and Even Know It Remix, Black Lip Bastard Remix, That Part Remix. Like those four guys in a group is a problem. And I'm pretty sure Kendrick would definitely reunite with them because those are his homeboys. You would think so. But Top Dog, you know, that's just a, uh, you know, that's just a maybe thing. Me personally, I don't think we're going to get it. We're not going to get a Black Hippie album, like ever. That's just my thoughts on that. Then, you know, Top Dog also hinted at TDE projects that we may see this year. Top Dog said that we may get a project from Reason, Rayvon, Dolce, Schoolboy Q, J-Rock, Zakari, and then you could possibly maybe get a TDE compilation album, which is long overdue, and it sucks that they couldn't get this compilation done with Kendrick there. Doing what he did. You know, the closest thing that we got to that was the Black Panther soundtrack. And then he also said, if everybody does their part when they turn them in, I will release them. So if all of these artists turn in their album, Top Dog will not give any pushback and will green light those projects because obviously his breadwinner now is SZA and she is breaking records. She is getting top dog that Whitney Houston money for this era. But I mean, I've been itching to hear Ray Vaughn's debut album, man. Like Ray Vaughn is one of the uh, young up and coming rappers. Like, that nigga can spit straight up. The nigga nice. I mean, I'm not the biggest, hugest fan of Dochi. I think she's pretty. I think she's beautiful. And I like a couple of her songs. But, you know, I'm anxious to see, like, what she can do for, like, a whole album. And, of course, J-Rock and Schoolboy Q, I mean... Their body of work speaks for itself. I mean, I seriously think Oxymoron and Blank Face and I think Oxymoron and Blank Face are classic albums. Habits and Contradictions was dope. Setbacks was dope. And uh, Crash Talk was fire as well. 
J-Rock, you know what I mean? J-Rock's probably one of the more underrated rappers out there right now. So, I can't wait to see, man. Is it going to be another TDE laced year? We'll find out. Let's talk about the Cavs and the Hawks game that I watched real quick. Um, this was a really good game. I mean, Donovan Mitchell showed his ass tonight. Donovan Mitchell went nuts. Like, this was an incredible back and forth. But what was crazy was the Hawks had the lead the entire game. And all of a sudden... Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland just started popping off at the end. Um, let's see. We had Ice Tray. This game was like hella close. Like, oh yeah, my bad. The uh, Cavs ended up losing the game. I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong box score. Yeah, the Hawks had to lead the whole game. And Cleveland had gotten back into the game. I mean, despite three players scoring over 20 points and Mitchell scoring 44, Garland scoring 20, Evan Mobley had 20 points, 15 rebounds, 6 assists, and 4 blocks. That had to be his best game of the season. Meanwhile, DeJounte Murray, he was the star tonight. As Trey Young struggled, shot 4 of 15 from the field. I mean, Ice Trey has this tendency to struggle in big games. Like, he got all the way to the conference finals... And he's lived off that playoff run for quite a while. Now it's time to produce. The Hawks have been one of the more disappointing teams this season. So the Hawks ended up winning the game 120 to 118. Mitchell failed to... uh, Hit the game-winning three from uh, three-quarters court. Hawks almost gave this game away. All right, man. Let's get to the fucking main event. Let's get to the main reason that we're here. Warriors and Pelicans. This game right here played with my emotions. It played with my emotions heavy. It, this was meaningful. This was a big game. This was big brother versus little brother type shit. It gave those type of vibes. Because, man, listen. This game was crazy. From start to finish. 
as the Golden State Warriors beat the New Orleans Pelicans 120-109. to This game pulled at my heartstrings. You want to know why? The New Orleans Pelicans are my team. They're the only team that I got that I root for that's got a chance to even make the playoffs. And if we would if, if we would have won this game, we would have been sixth in the West. And that could have been a possible matchup with Sacramento. That'd been a good team. That would have been a really good match for us. And the matchup that I like our chances with once Zion returns to the lineup. But however, that didn't happen with us tonight. We fell all the way down to eight. And, you know, the Pelicans started off, they were up a lot. You know, in the first half, the score was uh, 63 to 46. 17 point lead. In the first half, though, there was a major confrontation that happened between Draymond Green and Brandon Ingram. So, But, um, yeah, so Brandon Ingram and Draymond Green. So Ingram is going to the basket, and um, Draymond Green hip-checked Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram didn't like that. Brandon Ingram got in his face, said, what the fuck's up with that? Draymond Green basically was just shouting at him like, fuck you. And Ingram, you know, pushed Draymond and pushed him harder the second time, and Draymond Green just started yelling and cheering in his face, basically, and hurling multiple expletives to him, calling him a bitch, bitch-ass nigga, you a hoe-ass nigga, this, that, and the third, right? And to be honest, I'm happy that Ingram stood up for himself. Because, you know, Draymond Green thinks that he could just punk everybody. And a lot of people won't fall for your bullshit. And a lot of people don't take kindly to getting hip-checked like that. I understand it's the game. It's a physical game. It's a man's game. I get that. But you're not going to punk everybody. So things got a little bit more chippier. When a couple of plays late, you know, Draymond was given a technical foul. Brandon Ingram was given a technical foul. There was another altercation that occurred once Herb Jones and Draymond Green was going for the ball. And Draymond, the first, you know, he kicked Herb Jones. The first time, it didn't look, it looked accidental. The second time, however, it looked intentional. Then Herb Jones 
pushed Draymond off him. And another confrontation happened with the Pelicans. And then CJ started barking and talking shit to the Warriors. You know, they were talking shit. Look at the scoreboard. You're getting your ass whooped. You know, little brother shit. Then after the confrontation, you know, the first half ended and the Pelicans, you know, got hot. You know, Ingram hit some shots, CJ hit some shots. But then all of a sudden, who comes back in the third quarter? Stephen fucking Curry. The thorn in my side all night was Chef Curry. This guy put on a throwback performance. Ladies and gentlemen, Chef Curry was chefing in the kitchen. The chef was chefing. Steph had 39 points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists. Like, this dude turned it on in the third quarter. Here's where the Pelicans fucked up. Now, they left Curry open a lot. And they didn't put a bigger man on Curry. They just let CJ check Stephen Curry the whole game. And that was not a good idea, especially for a guy that does not play defense well, who is a below-average defensive player. Now, after those that first three, I would have called timeout to, to change the momentum back around to our, our squad. But here's the problem, right? Um, the Pelicans started making bad turnovers and basically letting the Warriors get into their head in the second half. Ingram ended up going cold in the fourth quarter. Willie Green did not make timely timeouts. It was the coaching mistake on his part to stop the bleeding when Steph was like completely on fire. I mean, the whole second half, the the Pelicans had poor execution. They were turning over the ball. They were missing shots they were hitting in the uh, first half. And the team fell completely apart. I didn't like the fact that Willie Green did not keep in Jonas Valley and Shudis long enough. Because I felt like he's, you know, he's a big man who's taller and, and, and bigger than, than everybody. He should get more opportunities to score. I mean, just flat out.
But the Pelicans got their ass kicked. And the Pelicans have a tendency of blowing leads, especially in the fourth quarter. That's a hole that Zion filled. And I think this is a lesson to the Pelicans not to take your opponent lightly. I mean, the Pelicans didn't realize that who who they were barking at. They are barking at four-time champs, not only the four-time champs, but the defending champs at that. I mean, you'd love to see this for seven games. I'd love to see it. Now, let's look at the standings. Let's see if anything looks different. Obviously, the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference have clinched a playoff spot and their division. Memphis Grizzlies have the second spot, claimed their division. Sacramento and the rest of everybody has not clinched yet. I'm sure Sacramento will clinch. Um... Within the next uh, three, de- three, four days, you got Sacramento third, Phoenix fourth, Clippers fifth, Golden State moved up to six with their win tonight. Minnesota moved down to seventh again. New Orleans Pelicans moved down to eight. Lakers are ninth. Thunder moved down to tenth, and Dallas is still eleventh. Like, the, 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 the Mavericks have to beat the Sixers tomorrow. It's either that or they don't make the playoffs and possibly Jason Kidd may be fired. Now, in that badass Eastern Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks have clinched the number one seed. Boston is in the playoffs. Philly's in the playoffs. Cleveland's in the playoffs for the first time without LeBron James in a long time. I think it was 1998 was their last playoff uh, berth without LeBron James. New York Knicks have not yet clinched at five. Brooklyn Nets have not yet clinched at six. Miami is seventh. Atlanta is eighth. Toronto is ninth. Chicago is tenth. I mean, if you look at these, we can play a little game. We can see, like, who would be in the play-in right now. We can play a little game as if it were today before I get up out of here because I'm tired as fuck. The fact that I have this much enthusiasm is awesome. But if the play-in were to begin right now, Minnesota would play the New Orleans Pelicans. And you know what? You know I'm taking my Pelicans in that game. And that would slide them up to number seven. Then LA Lakers would play the OKC Thunder. That's actually a hard one to determine 
especially with LeBron returning to the lineup, it would be kind of hard for the Thunder without Chet Holmgren to win this game. So I'd pick the Lakers. And then that would leave Minnesota in the Lakers, and I would pick Minnesota to win that game. So in a nutshell, New Orleans and, and Minnesota would switch, which would leave Minnesota playing the Nuggets, Grizzlies playing the um, the the Pelicans. That would be a really good series. Sacramento playing Golden State. We Jamal Crawford and Channing Fry was talking about like who would the Warriors rather see, and my and my answer was the Warriors don't give a fuck about who they see. They're the defending champs. They have the experience on the Kings, but the Kings is not going to be an easy out as deep as they are. I would definitely take Golden State in seven games. Now, another seven-game series would be Phoenix and L.A. Honestly, I would take... uh, Oof. As tough as this is. I would probably take the Clippers in seven games. Because the Clippers have the perimeter defenders to keep up with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And they're much a much deeper team. In the, in the East, you know, the play-in would be Miami and, and Atlanta. Ooh, I would pick the Atlanta Hawks in that game. And then it would be Toronto versus the Bulls. I would pick the Bulls. Then Miami versus Chicago. I would pick Chicago. So I I wouldn't have Miami making the playoffs. I just think that they don't have enough. Jimmy Butler isn't good enough to win a championship. He needs another wing by his side. A more re- reliable one, anyway. So instead of Miami at seven, it's Atlanta, and Chicago would be eighth. Chicago would play Milwaukee. <laughs> That's a sweep for sure. Boston would play um, the Hawks. That's a sweep. Boston. I mean, I mean, Philly would play Brooklyn. I would take Philly in six. And then maybe, you know, Cleveland would play the New York Knicks. I'd take Cleveland in six. So you got to look at the potential matchups. Definitely looking forward to the playoffs. But that's my show. This is King Known Uncensored. Thank you for checking me out. Thank you for fucking with me and shit. This is King Known Uncensored, War in Oakland, and I'm out.